Secrets to Real Estate Investing, Episode 71. Welcome to the Secrets of Real Estate Investing Show, where you'll learn powerful strategies from top experts to take your investments to the next level. Here's your host and expert real estate investor, Holly McCann. Well, hey everyone, welcome to another exciting episode of Secrets to Real Estate Investing. I'm really excited for the young man we have with us today because he's had huge success and not really had any of the formal real estate education that a lot of us have had. So I'm really excited for him to share some of the secrets to his success that he's had. And he was really successful even before real estate, making huge income. So Welcome to the show, Corey Thompson. So glad to have you. Thank you for having me. Well, why don't you start by giving our listeners some of your background, some of your life story, what you were doing before real estate, and what drove you into real estate? Yes, ma'am. Uh, I was I was working in oil and gas. Um, I was making about thirty thousand dollars a month at my job. Woo! <laughs> That's huge. <laughs> That, that is huge. Uh, the cool thing about it was I only had to work uh, 14 days a month, so I got half the year off. Um, it was a very, very good job, and I always just planned on doing that for 30 years, saving $12 million and, and retiring, um, and that was kind of my path that I was on. I didn't have a, a formal education on money or any of those, those sorts of things, and no matter who would talk to me about investing, uh, it didn't really resonate, and I got laid off. Um, I think it was 2015, uh, March of 2015, I got laid off. A friend of mine had looked at getting into buying some rental properties. He knew the benefits of it. He was looking into it. He had invested in the stock market, things like that. And he was going to roll his money out of the stock market and into a rental portfolio. So he asked me if I would help him since I was laid off. We had no idea at that point in time it would become a business or anything like what it is. But, you know, the first step of that was we went to a, a meetup. We call them meetups because they're on meetup.com. We right. went to a networking event um, where his alma mater is, Texas A&M University. We went to a meetup there in College Station. We met, listened to a hard money lender talk about lending money, which to me was, it seemed kind of risky. I was like, you're going to loan me money based on my signature on an asset, not on my credit, not on my income, not on any of those things. Sounds risky to me, but from there, um, we walked out of that, asked ourselves, are we going to do this? And the very next week, we put three houses under contract for purchase. Wow, that's amazing. So I guess you're pretty grateful to that friend for um, directing you onto this path, huh? <laughs> yes, ma'am. He's my business partner. Um, he does most of the work. His name's Jacob Gurrell. Um, he does most of the work. I always tell everybody uh, because I can't do any of the stuff that he does, um, you know, keeping the books and all that sort of things. I have no idea where we're at ever. People are like, how much money did you make? I know what we made on this deal. I don't know how much money we have in the bank ever. I just always ask him, can we buy this? And he's like, yeah, we can buy it. All right, cool. <laughs> That's, That's awesome. Well, and tell our listeners too where you are in the I'm world. In, I'm in a little town called Grosbeck, Texas. It's what we named our company after. GBT Investments is one of our companies. We have three. But um, anyways, yeah, we, we're in Grosbeck. It's a little small town with 3,000 people. Uh, we we invest in the whole state of Texas out of this out of this town. We've got properties in Corpus, which is about 300 miles away. Um, we got properties in Houston. We've done properties up by the Oklahoma border, which is way north. So if you think about Texas, about the only part we haven't gone to is West Texas, and that's just because there hasn't been an opportunity. If we ever get an opportunity, I, I would go there. I wouldn't be afraid to invest away from the house. 
Great, great. Well, thanks for enlightening people where you are. Um, why don't you tell us about um, your first deal? I mean, you say you got three deals under contract in a week, but tell us about one of those early deals and how it went. So I, I'd been going to the to tax foreclosure auction here in our my home county trying to buy this property that it would it would come up for auction all the time and when it would come up i would always go up there and and make an attempt to purchase it this was another one of those times where i was going to try to do that but what i didn't know is there was 89 acres on the auction that time which brought in a bunch of investors from out of town so while i was there I, i met another investor um I'm a chatty person. So I started talking to him. He said he was going to check out two properties uh, there in our hometown while he was in town. So I jumped in the truck with him and went and looked at those two properties. And we, he had no interest in them because it was a small town. Um, But he decided that they weren't for him, but we put both of them under contract for purchase. Wow. So tell us more details about what did you pay for them? What did you do with them? What did you make on them? So the, the very first one um, was a, a, a little property that we bought for $12,000. It was actually on MLS, which I didn't know even, I didn't even know what MLS was at that point in time, but it was on MLS. It was on there uh, for $12,000. It was a, um, what's it called? USDA foreclosure. The USDA has a website where they have all their foreclosures that they buy back um, on there and they're, they're, essentially they're kind of it's kind of set up like an auction but it's not an auction they just set the price and as it doesn't sell they bring it down so if you put it in an offer and they accept it then you buy the property from them so that one had been on there for years i mean it probably been on there four or five years um so we bought it for twelve thousand. the entire time at the beginning that we were going to do this we only wanted to do flips because i was trying to make thirty thousand dollars a month I knew that if I if I made ten thousand dollars a property, I did three properties a month, I would make thirty thousand. Pretty simple math. But this one, um, we're just trying to make ten thousand dollars on it, so we bought it for um, twelve thousand. We put ten thousand into it, new roof, uh, painted it, put granite in it. But it was it was perfectly livable how it was. We just wanted to spice it up a little bit, and then we. We're gonna, our whole idea was to list it for 60. While I was doing this, I was posting about it on Facebook and there's these groups on Facebook, at least around here called the Swap and Shops and like online garage sales. Hmm. And somebody reached out to me through that and asked if I would own or finance it. I didn't know what that meant, but I knew the gist of it, you know? And I was like, yeah, we'll, we'll look at anything. So they came and looked at it. I asked them how much money they had down. They said $25,000. I had $23,000 in the property, so it seemed like a definite yes to me. Um, so we, we said, yeah, and we've been getting $216 a month from that property ever since. Doesn't sound like a home run, but we have $0 in it, so it's an infinite return on your investment. You know, at the time, it didn't feel as good as, you know, um, now, you know, because I, I needed to make that $30,000 a month then. Uh, but but now I know what a home run that was, what a absolute you know, grand slam and by anybody's definition. Well, I have another somewhat related question. Maybe not. What do you spend $30,000 a month in your small town of 3000 people on? (laughs) 
well, I didn't I actually, we traveled a lot. Um, you know, I didn't, I, I didn't really spend it. Um, we went, we watched Derek Jeter's last game, you know, stuff like that. We kind of, when you, when you live in a town this small and you're making that kind of income, you just kind of do what you want to do. I mean, um, you know, I mean, we didn't ever want for anything. Uh, I had a house in 60 acres. I subdivided it once I got into real estate and sold it off. Um, I had another house in 32 acres that I owned outright that we subdivided and sold off since I've been in real estate. Um, you know, I'm kind of a minimalist now. I live off a thousand dollars a month, which is people think is crazy, but, um, you know, we're building something. We're building towards a goal of $60,000 a month, passive income. And, you know, we're, we're just chipping away at it, trying to get there. So, wow. yeah, it's kind of, <laughs> kind of, kind of fun. Well, I just remember you saying your town of 3000 people. I'm like, that doesn't mean there's a lot of expensive restaurants to go to. Like, how do you even spend any money in that town? There's probably you don't. no expensive you don't. restaurants. <laughs> No, zero. It, it's actually kind of funny because, you know, the average income around here is about 2000 a month. And, um, you know, the cost of living is very, very low. So you can, there's, you, there's unique opportunities out in these towns like this, like that $12,000 house. I mean, we could have bought that $12,000 house, cleaned it out and rented it out for $600 a month. And it would have been a better investment than what we did do with it. But at the time we didn't know that we didn't have that education. You know, we just, Oh my gosh, we're going to, you know, but it's still a home run. You know what I mean? But we really should still own that house and be renting it for six hundred dollars a month instead of getting a two hundred and sixteen dollar a month dividend on it so it's lesson learned but you know it's one of those things it's still it's still a win it's it's certainly not a loss oh yeah definitely a win yeah well i know um you were telling me about some of the creative deals that you've done which i'm super interested to have you share just because it expands people's minds we're so used to like mainstream real estate is buy a house with a loan or buy a house with a hard money loan and flip it, buy a house with a bank loan and hold it as a rental. And you've done some amazing creative things. So tell us about some of these creative deals you've done. Right. So we learned about hard money lending and we started utilizing hard money. Um, But you know, some, uh, an attorney from Dallas named Scott Horn, kind of our past kind of cross and he liked my energy and effort, which is, been a huge blessing in my life. The man's probably got a $350 million portfolio. I don't know what he's holding, wow. but he's, he's very, very successful at this. And he, he just extended an olive branch to me and said, Hey, you know, I, you know, actually when he called me, I tried to sell him a lake lot. It's kind of a funny deal, but, um, and I kind of blew him off. And then I told my partner who he was and he, he was like, Hey, you got to call that guy back. He's pretty big time. I don't know why he got your number, but you need to call him back. And he's, he's been my mentor. So when people ask me where I've learned from or where I get some of my ideas from, it's, you know, I, my ideas come from my ideas, you know, I mean, they, I'm like, Hey, is this legal? Can we do this? And, but then I have a really good attorney that I can call and it doesn't cost me a dime. So I always know if I'm doing it the right way. Um, but he taught us about making owner finance offers. So if you go to buy a property, you could owner finance it from the person who's selling it and you don't need as much capital to execute that transaction. So we started making more offers like that, trying to get those offers across the table, which takes a different skill set, but it also is less capital intensive. So you can buy more rentals, you can buy them and, and there's a bunch more things that you can do with them. Um, if you can get that offer accepted. So one of the creative deals we did, we had a guy that wanted to sell his mobile home park and he wanted you know, I think it was like $450,000 what he was wanting for it. And it was distressed. It's on 23 acres, which is a lot. Um, 
in a lot of other places of the world, but here it's not. So we're just kind of playing the game with him and filling him out. And I, and he's my kind of person. We're both from the country. You know, he's my people. I always say these are my people. Uh, you know, he's my people. So I'm um, – I'm, uh, you know, I'm kind of explaining to him how I'm not going to be able to offer him 450, and even if we were, it wouldn't be cash, you know. So we just kept going back and forth. So what we ended up doing was we ended up giving him a hundred thousand dollars down. We we negotiated it down to three hundred fifty thousand dollars. We gave him a hundred thousand dollars down, which we got that money from another investor. Um, at, we got the, got it from another investor gave him a second lien on the property. So we have $0 in the deal. That's always our big thing. We don't want to have money in it. Um, so we, we gave him a hundred thousand down and he's holding a $250,000 interest only note, um, for 10% interest. So we were able to get control of the property at that point in time. But the big deal about that is now we got to take our capital that we had set aside, pull other investors and go buy mobile homes with it and fill the park out. So now that we have the park filled out, we have all the, the, the spaces leased, it's worth about a million and a half. That's what a, what a bank appraisal will come back on it. Um, and we are all into this thing, probably 550000 So when we go to the bank, our bank does a loan-to-value um, loan. They don't care what we have in it. So we will end up leaving the bank. We're going to, we're going to borrow 800,000 against the property. That's what we're going to borrow against it. We're not going to take out all the equity. We're going to leave some in it. And then we're going to go develop some of the other acres on there, but we'll leave with more money than we have in it. And something I've learned from listening to the bigger pockets podcast is that's not a taxable event. So when we, take that equity out in a loan uh, we get to go do what we want with that and we don't have to pay taxes on it even though it's profit and then, and we've done this with with partners you know it's it's us we're the boots on the ground but we've got some other people that had some money and, and pulled them into it and uh, it's going to be a really good deal for all of us because you know somebody was talking to me about it and, and they're like do you realize you became a millionaire on that deal i'm like what do you mean like what, what are you talking about like you know your net worth is now over a million dollars because of this. And I said, well, what do you, you know, so I've got a million dollars in equity in something. Uh, if I have that and a dollar, I can go get a Coke. You know what I mean? It's not, it's, it's not, it, it, you know, to me, that doesn't, that doesn't matter near as much um, as it is that what, what we're really after, which is the cash flow. Cause you know, we're going to get $7,000 a month cash flow. That's after we pay all the bills. That's the number that matters to me. Uh, the other numbers don't matter. So um, it's kind of funny how, how people look at things, but that's one of the more creative ones that we've executed. We actually have two that we're working on right now that are way more complicated and funny than that. Um, but that one's one that we have got across the, across the finish line. Well, let me ask you a few more questions on that that our inquiring minds will want to know. So your original owner finance part from the owner, you offer 10% interest, which is really generous. I mean, I hear people doing lesser amounts, but maybe you needed to do that to entice him to do it. But either way, your bank loan, I am sure is not a 10% interest. What's your bank loan at? Our bank loan will be at five and a quarter. Um, so half that. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be uh, revisited uh, um, in three years. You know, they'll, they'll look at it and see if, where interest rates are and, you know, raise or lower or whatever. Um, but yeah, five and a quarter. That's sweet. And your 7K, 7,000 a month of cash flow is after you pay your debt service and whatever costs you have in the mobile home park. For people that are familiar with mobile home parks, what are like the expenses that they might expect to pay? 
Uh, the taxes, insurance, um, same same expense you have there. We do pay the water bill at this one, so you know we'll have probably about an eight hundred dollar a month water bill. Um, you know, but that's that's really it. We have also provide trash and uh, lawn servicing, which isn't that that expensive. I think our trash bill is seventy five dollars a month or something. Oh, uh, nice. <laughs> yeah, it's not. I mean, it's we got a dumpster out there. I mean, it's it's fairly simple. There's not a lot of expenses on that side of things. And then, you know, you figure in some vacancy and some, some other things, um, you know, to, to kind of arrive at that number. I mean, the number is really probably higher than that, but um, you know, that's just the number that I, I stick with in my head um, as long as we keep everything out there going. And something we will do later is as we, you know, we just wanted to get it cash flowing now to get it on a bank loan, but we'll owner finance those houses off as they go vacant to get the maintenance cost off of us. Nice. So right now they're rentals then? You're renting out the houses. Okay. Sweet. Okay. Well, so that's your first one. Tell us about another one. Okay. So um, we do bandit signs. We put out, that's our big marketing is we do direct mail and we do a lot of Facebook marketing in the swapping shops, the little garage sale places where we don't really market. We just talk a lot about buying houses. And then we do bandit signs and a, a gentleman called me off a bandit sign I have no idea how or why he did this, but his girlfriend ended up on title with him from his, uh, you know, I mean, he's, he's, anyways, he's got about a $700,000 house and he put her on title at that point in time. He owns it free and clear, but they've broken up and he's got a new fiance and he's trying to buy a house, a $350,000 house on 30 acres. Um, and he, he wanted to trade us his half of the house for his down payment if we would owner finance him this other house because we do a bunch of owner financing. I, I, I mean, anyways, it's one of those deals that if somebody calls you and asks you, hey, will you take half my house as a down payment on this other house? Most people will say, look, man, you're crazy. But I drove up and looked at the house. I was like, man, this house is really nice. And it's up by Dallas, which is a kind of hot market. And um, so I just kind of weighed the numbers and reached out to my attorney and said, is this something you want to do with me? He said, yeah, absolutely. You know, we can go to her and, and probably get her to agree to sell. Um, we'll have half the property that's, you know, $350,000 worth of property we'll have. Um, but if we can get her to agree to sell it to us for, let's say, 100 or 150 cash, you know, then we'll be into it a little better, yada, yada, yada. So we kind of talked over the terms of how we would do it. And then we work with a bank that allows us to wrap mortgages. And so what a wrap mortgage is, is I take a loan out in my name, the debts in my name, and then I sell it owner finance. So I get a loan at five and a quarter, but I sell it owner finance and give them a, a, a 10% interest loan. And I make the spread on the interest. But when I establish that loan, I have to bring equity to the table. I have to bring the 20% down. So we made him a $70,000 offer on his half of the house which then comes right back to us as the equity for the down payment um, on the loan that we're going to establish in our name and then wrap that mortgage and, and the house will be deeded to him. He'll own it. It'll be in his name and um, you know, he'll have a mortgage to us and he'll pay a debt servicing company that will give us, it'll be about $700 a month cash flow um, that'll come to us. And then they pay the underlying mortgage, which is in our name, and that's kind of a, a wrap transaction and we do a lot of wrap transactions. So we, we, we do them a lot. Um, and that was a creative deal. Well, since that happened, she ends up signing the deed over to him and he's still just going to sell us the property um, and take 
a, you know, we were like, look, we don't, you know, we're already in escrow at this point with all, all this. We already own, you know, half of his property. So when she did this, we didn't want, we want to pay down our, our, our note to the bank and we want him to have some equity too. So we, we basically made an agreement with him to give him a percentage. Once the house sells, we're going to put a percentage of that towards his mortgage um, to get what he owes us down and get what we owe the bank, the bank down kind of lessen both of our liabilities and get them into a little bit better payment. So that's, that's one unique deal that we're in the middle of doing right now. I mean, um, literally the, uh, I mean, we're right, right in the middle of it. Everything's in escrow. Um, so that that's one. Um, and then another one uh, is a little bit more complicated, but basically we got a property that's got some title issues. So instead of trying to sort through the title issues, we went to the lender and uh, made them an offer to buy the debt. So we're going to buy the debt um, for pennies on the dollar, literally, because they kind of forgot they own the debt. Those were, it fell through the track, through the tracks, uh, through the cracks. Um, and so anyways, it, you know, the house has been ordered to be torn down by the city. So we're kind of using that as leverage against the banks and Hey, look, they're going to tear down your asset anyways. Uh, take this meager offer, um, and assign us the deed of trust, which is a typical note buying transaction. So the deed of trust will be assigned to us, which means, we'll still be in first lien position and then we'll go through with the foreclosure foreclose on the property and it'll wipe out all the title issues. We'll have control of the property and, and then we'll go to the bank or to the city and say, Hey, look, we're in control of this property. Now we would really like to rehab it, not tear it down. So we'll, we'll be all in on a property for about 70,000. It's worth about 180 and that'll be a pretty good flip for us. So that's some of the things that I think other people don't look at, um, you know, and, and, and also, uh, from asset protection point of view, this is just free advice right here. If you buy a property for cash, even if you buy it for cash, loan yourself the money out of another LLC and sit in first lien position on it for protection. That protects you against, um, you know, contractors that come out there and try to mess with you. Uh, if you get a lawsuit or something like that, um, you know, I mean, it just it's just another form of protection to where, you know, you're always sitting in first lien position. So if somebody sues you or a contractor, um, you get into a dispute with them, they can't, you know, get get first lien position on the property and then and then take it from you. So that's just that's just free advice and something we do on all of our cash purchases um, for this for this reason right here. So we'll always have the ability to foreclose. Interesting and clever. Well, so all in at seventy thousand on that last one is going to be worth one eighty. Are you going to flip it? Are you going to own or finance, sell it, or what are you going to do on that one? It, it'll depend on what our bank account looks like at the time when we get done. Um, you know, it, we're always you know sometimes we're cash poor and credit rich. Um, you know, sometimes it's the opposite. So um, it'll depend on what our bank account looks like. We we don't like creating taxable events. And if we sold that on a conventional flip, that's a taxable event. So what we would do with it is um, we would, we're most likely going to borrow, borrow the money back out of it because my math says that if I sell it, if I sell it for a hundred percent of what it's worth, I'm really only getting 87 cents on the dollar after closing costs, realtor fees, everything else. So I'm getting 87 cents on the dollar and then I'm creating a, a taxable event. If I go to the bank and I borrow 80% of what it's worth, okay, there's a 7% spread there 
all right, but I, I now didn't create a taxable event. The money still comes to us like it normally would. And then we would owner finance it, pick up a down payment that would probably cover that 7% pretty easily. Uh, Cause most of the time we're asking 10 to 15% down on our owner finance deals. We pick up cash flow, long-term cash flow, which is what we all want. We don't have any money in the deal and we leave with all the same profits as if we flipped it. So having a bank that allows us to do that, you know, and, and that isn't hard to find. There's small banks all over wherever you're at. There's little community banks. And if you go in and talk to them, you can actually get to the decision maker and explain to them, hey, I want to go wrap mortgages. This is what I want to do. They'll say, hey, that's no problem. We like it. There's more people, um, you know, that have to, that are responsible for that debt. So we like that, that transaction. And um, you can go do that and, and quit, you know, kind of change your mindset on how I'm going to flip houses because, you know, if you flip in that manner, then you, you always run the risk of, you know, I mean, you're just, you're really just paying a lot of money in, in income tax, um, you know, and it looks real good on paper, but in reality, um, your bank account, you know, is suffering every, every April 15th. So it's something that we do that, you know, I don't know if it's, I don't know. I mean, um, kind of learned it from listening to, to podcasts and just kind of taking the information and then digesting it and then putting our own little twist on it with owner finance and, uh, and, and doing it. So that's, you know, that's how, that's how we mitigate that. So. I love it. And something else that is important in your strategy is the income from a flip is subject to ordinary income tax, kind of, you know, the highest income tax and self-employment tax and all that business. Well, I mean, maybe it's less if it's an S corp, whatever. But if you are taking, you know, the slow pay, that passive income, whether it's, you know, however you're structuring that, it's either rental income or it's going to be an owner finance deal, that is passive income that's going to be taxed at um, only, you know, you're not getting hit with self-employment tax on that. So it's way better to have that passive income than what we call active income. So put less in the government's pocket. That's what I'm all about. Keep as much as you can. So I love that strategy. Well, we're getting here near the end of our show. So um, for our listeners, our free download this week is going to be Corey's top seven books. We have a book list that we're going to be putting out there for you that have been a big factor in his success. Obviously, he's not afraid to talk to people. He says he's chatty or likes to chat, whatever he said about that. So that is a huge help in his success. But these are kind of his schooling or his education that that helped um, light him on fire and get him going. And, And one of them, well, why don't you just pick one of them and talk about it for one minute? We won't give them all away, but just the first one that, that strikes a nerve with you. <laughs> Well, uh, 10X Rule by Grant Cardone um, was kind of something that let me know I wasn't alone in the world. I'd always kind of attacked life like that. So when I was listening to that book, it was, it was reinforcing beliefs that I had that I, that I, didn't, I don't even know where they came from. I, I have no, no earthly idea how you end up being that type of personality where it kind of feels like a curse a lot of times because you set your expectations so high for yourself and you never really meet them. So you're constantly, you know, up against that. So um, it, it's one of those things where I, uh, when I listened to it, it kind of gave me permission to go could to go be me. Um, and you know, it lit me on fire. I was actually driving two and a half hours one way on our very, very first, um, big flip. It was, a you know, our, the third property that we bought that when I told you we bought three in that first week, this was the third one and it was two and a half hours away. And, uh, you know, it, it was, 
we made $17,000 on that property after it was all said and done. And we didn't even know what a CMA was. We didn't know how to call a realtor and ask them, Hey, what's this property going to be worth? We were just basing it off of like Zillow and stuff, which can really get you in a bond. But you know, we, we knew within our own belief system, we, we had enough information to make that decision because we called a real estate agent and she said, yeah, I'll sell that for 110,000 and we were buying it for 47. So we could kind of do the math and figure out that we would come out ahead if we did it right. But, you know, we could have gotten in a, in a, in a big bond on that one because we didn't know how to handle contractors. We didn't use a contract. We're in Texas. We do a lot of stuff on handshake still. And we found out going down the road that, you know, we could have went bankrupt on our first three flips because we didn't do contracts because we didn't know what we were doing. Uh, you know, but it, we, we, it worked out all right for us. We made money and we were able to stay in business. And, uh, but 10 X rule was something that, that as I listened to it while I was driving back and forth there that, you know, gave me the motivation to keep going when, when things would get really, really tough. And, um, y- you know, it was like, you're just kind of taking licks in life and it's the same way in real estate, you know, uh, on that property, we found out after we already owned it, that the attic had been burned out. It had a big burn spot in the attic where there's like a fire up there and uh it was funny because I, I i called the contractor all in a panic because now we own this house and we had a like an 18 or twenty thousand dollar bid on it i'm like oh my gosh did you know that we're gonna have to take the whole roof off of this house it's all burned out up there he's like yeah yeah that's in my bid i was like oh, okay. <laughs> lucky <laughs> but, you <laughs> that's good. He's like, he's like, Hey, you didn't see that. I'm like, Oh no, I'm not, you know, but you know, that's, that's the kind of stuff where it's like, you know, um, eh, you know, kind of, kind of roll with the punches went, went, went with it. And, uh, we, we made money and, and, you know, we've only lost money twice, but I don't even look at it like that. I always look at it like we paid tuition. A lot of people paid a lot of money for a real estate education we paid a little bit, you know, so. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. So yeah. So to hear the rest of his, um, get the rest of his top favorite book picks that have led to his success, you can go to my website, hardhatholly.com and at forward slash 71. This is show number 71. So you can grab that there. You can also text the word hard hat. Um, with no spaces in it, squeeze it together, hard hat to the number 38470. And I will shoot you the free download through that and you'll get weekly notifications of our upcoming podcast as they go live. So Corey, how do people get in touch with you that want to learn a little bit more about all this great stuff you do? Facebook. Uh, you can find me on Facebook. I have a closed group. I no longer talk real estate on my personal Facebook because sellers were finding me on there and I was on there trying to tell other investors how to do what we do. And it was kind of costing me some deals. So I quit, I quit talking, I quit talking real estate on my, on my personal Facebook. And I started a private group called Roughneck, uh, the number two, uh, real estate. Um, that's kind of a, a, a deal we're doing. Um, we're building a brand just like everybody else. Um, roughneck to real estate is, 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 you know, my brand cause I was a roughneck that worked in the oil field and I want to help other roughnecks, you know, find this, find this passive income cause they're all making really good money. So they should be looking for passive income. So I started that group and all of my real estate friends jumped in there real quick because they all wanted to learn more and I do a bunch of webinars and stuff in there. It's all free. It doesn't cost anything. So, you know, we sit down and break down deals that we just did 
all the time. We talk about deals that we're doing. I'm still trying to figure out a way to get a camera into a motivated seller's living room. So everybody <laughs> can kind of hear my pitch. Um, but I mean, you know, cause that's the things where, where people are kind of limited on, but I do do, I, I have, I, I go live on Facebook and I do cold calling on there. So there's just a bunch of different little things that I do within that group that, you know, if you're new to real estate, you're going to, you're going to get some value out of it. And, you know, like I said, it doesn't cost a dime. So that's, you know, that's always a plus and you know, that's what we do. Awesome. Roughneck to real estate. So, Hey everyone, go check out that group request access and I'm sure you'll get approved quickly. Go learn more from Corey. He's awesome. So thank you so much, Corey. You've been so generous with your time and your wisdom and your knowledge. And I'm wishing you and all of you listeners huge success in your real estate investing efforts. Have a great day, everyone. Thanks for listening today. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review our show. And let us know in your review what you'd like to hear more of. For the show notes and free downloads for this episode and all others, go to hardhatholly.com.